Hello, welcome everybody. This is Shraddha and Rupert doing our podcast on our passion topic areas around org design and talent transformation, where we bring our passion topics to bear in a very practical way. Unpacking Organizations, the Practitioner's Podcast. Sponsored by OrgView. See tomorrow's business today. Hi, Rupert. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm great today. As always, lovely to see you. Great, great. Likewise. So I was reading your book, uh, the one that you have written around the organization planning and analysis. And I really think that you have such a succinct way of differentiating the macro and micro design. And as an org design practitioner, I feel that it's an extremely important um, delineation to understand because it's important to understand that when do we do macro design, when we do when we do micro design, when do we actually get into the weeds, when we keep it at the 30,000 feet, and not every time all of us get it. So I think today's topic, I feel that it's it's really relevant to have that kind of a discussion to say that what is the difference between the two? And then where do we get it wrong sometimes? Macro design, when people think of org design, most commonly they probably think of macro design. And it's also called op model design. So that's really, if you think of Lego blocks, it's the big chunks and pieces, the big frames. Are we functionally organized geographically? How does the matrix sit? It's, it's most linked to your strategy. So what is the strategy and therefore how do we configure the big blocks um, to execute on that strategy? And it isn't about the roles and it isn't about what people do and the minutiae of each of the activities and tasks and the right sizings, how many different positions are needed each role that's all the detailed micro design so when we had the podcast and we talked about understanding the work in detail that's micro that's all within detail when we talk about right sizing that's micro when we talk about what competencies are needed that's micro the macro starts with the strategy and if we're going to through macro change it's in the case for change. There's some, something has happened. There's a big opportunity um, strategically that we want to take a new market, a new product, a new area. Um, we might have outgrown our existing model um, and therefore need, and it's, it's, think of it as heart surgery. It's really invasive and it impacts most people. At least mo everyone's going to be impacted in some way. Because it's, 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 it's the it's whole... It's big, messy, and really strong change that we are driving. Yes. And so it's very infrequent. Um, if mm. you get it right, you shouldn't have to change it for many years. Um, unfortunately, uh, it makes certain leaders feel very powerful. And often um, it's used It's a hammer looking for a nail. And we're not sure what to do. So let's do, so let's go into a, you know, a, a reorg, a transformation and, and throw everything up. And, and that's where you get this famous pendulum swinging. Oh, 
We're not close enough to the customers. We're not listening to the customers. That's decentralized. Costs are out of control. We need more control. We need to get synergies. Let's centralize. And this pendulum is going back and forth and everyone sits and, and, and the cynicism just grows. Again, this is happening. It's a three-year cycle. Um, so there is a lot that can go wrong um, to, to your follow-up question. Um, the first thing, the biggest thing that can go wrong is you shouldn't do it. And it might seem a little bit strange to listen to a podcast <laughs> that's talking about org design, but you do not need to do macro design most of the time. More often than not, modifying, tweaking accountabilities, roles, shifting the work, um, investing in, in, in creating more positions in one area and reducing in another, bringing in um, automation or AI for certain roles so they can become more effective. All of that is micro. That's ongoing. It's continuous. It's a continuous feedback loop. So I would say the and first thing... And we have discussed that. Yes. I'm, I'm sorry, Rupert, but we had discussed that before as well, that that is what should be ongoing. Like we don't, the different organizations will have their own cadence for it, but at least annually, this is the micro design that you should be revisiting, like evolving and looking at. So it's a part of your process. And therefore, that is the point that you're saying is that micro, if you continue to do your micro design right, you don't have to do your macro so frequently. 100%. percent mm -hmm. I think in my work, what I have also encountered that what doesn't go right in this case is that there are just so many design criteria. Like it's like the dilemma between um, we want to have cost efficiencies, but we also want to um, innovate and invest and we really want to put money somewhere. We want to have really like, you know, again, budgets are tight, but we want to grow very fast. And so, and we want everybody in the office, but we want to have locations, um, like the, the advantages of dispersed locations and low cost uh, areas. So I think there is so much, there are so many competing criterias that I feel that we overwhelm ourselves by doing everything and wanting to do everything and then we don't end up doing anything and then we don't know what is the outcome that we are looking for for this design because one of the outcomes is not going to happen if because we are having so many criteria and, and probably it. all of them white right right so um what does, do you resonate with it, first of all? And um, what are the other things that you have encountered? Um, I, I, I see this all the time. I think this is one of the most common traps. Uh, it, it, it fundamentally comes from flawed strategic thinking. And strategy is about trade-offs and, and, and real clarity. And if, if you're trying to be the most innovative, um, customer intimate, cost efficient, and keep on going, you're probably nothing. Um, and so what, what is the bet you're making? Is, is innovation at the, at the center of what you're trying to achieve and, and product development? Or is it customer service intimacy? 
or are you trying to be the most op- operationally efficient? And what what I see um, people do is they 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 have a list of wish lists, and then they say they use Harvey balls and they say, well, what's high and what's medium and what's low? Yes. And then they, they will have, you know, two or three Harvey balls that are high, that are in total contradiction with each other. And... <laughs> so, in, in, in my mind, the, the simple takeaway here is prioritize based on order what is number one if it's customer intimacy and that's number one that trumps everything else and when it comes to your design options because each design criteria basically has an ideal structural option for how to execute on them and so number one is that and then number two will have another if you get to three you're probably finished like <laughs> i used to say have the top five and then i moved to top three i'm kind of like you can have two you've got a number one which is and then a secondary that you're trying to optimize within while achieving number one um and that purity you know if you can only have one and you design for that even all the more power to you I love it, and and that's and and, and that's where it, be, it becomes so messy because when you go downstream, to because normally what happens is you have stylized for every single option design criteria you have a stylized option, that's ideal, and then you end up compromising and creating quote unquote a hybrid of those, two. and that's where matrices and things come in, and you're beginning to water down both. Um, is you know clarity becomes le- less clear, so you you've got to be really clear that number two is really really important to you know take away the p- purity of, of number one, um, and 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 so that that that's really the trap. And then what what happens is the conversation is ignored because it's too difficult because of power brokers because one power broker is all about the customer and the other power broker is all about the operational efficiency. And both arguments are strong and, you know, in, in their own right, desirable, but you're ending up in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a muddle. And I, I th- that's what's happening all the time. Um, so the, the, the first big trap is the case for change just isn't compelling enough and it is not needed for the surgery. And probably a lot of the the value can be achieved by doing the micro. And, and this other big one is it's just um, not clear enough. And it's probably because the strategy isn't clear enough and not well articulated. And, and, and that's a topic for a whole other day around, around that. But if, if the org design professional can't get from the strategy what the number one criteria is, and what the overwhelming case for change is, you probably need to stop. Because if you don't get that right, the amount of um, harm that you're going to do is epic, epic in its proportion. 
That's so well articulated, Rupert. I think another thing that I would like to add, and we have spoken about it in our explain it, is that we need to also think about the organizational capability. Because sometimes the strategy, even if it is clear, it at such a high level that it's difficult to make it tangible to an org design criteria and then to convert it into a macro design. So I think it's important for us to think about in the long term, what are we trying to achieve? What are the, some of the capabilities that organizational capabilities that we are trying to create? And therefore this design will help us get there. Because <clears throat> what happens is that if we don't have a long-term vision to your point, then we continue to the cycle of pendulum swings and we just are impatient with having like, you know, wanting to do this next next quarter or wanting to realize the outcomes as soon as possible. And this is all a very patience game. It doesn't happen in one quarter or two quarter. It takes really long time to rationalize it. And therefore, the long-term understanding and the uh, vision of long-term organizational capability, I think also is important and plays a role. Yeah, very. And it's it's what made me what you made me think of was in, in the short term, we overestimate how much we can do. And I can't remember who said this, but in the short term, we overestimate. And I know Bill Gates said this, but I don't remember who said it first. But in the long term, we underestimate what's possible. And I think people are so fixated on the short term and you're just not going to achieve it all. Like You, you have to be realistic in the short term and then you have to be unrealistic in the long term like you can achieve so much and and i think your your strategy comes from um a really good diagnosis of, of what your challenge is and how you're going to create this so porter talks about the activity system and what the strategic themes are and the key components and that that has to be really really clear which is why for instance, um, Southwest had a really, really clear activity system, which was all around efficiency and compete. The insight that they had was competing against the car journey and doing that for $100. Um, and so the whole system was around having just one, one type of aircraft, um, point to point, et cetera, et cetera. And Continental, and this is very well documented, wanted to try and compete with Southwest, but they were a, a full service airline with hub model and agents and complex fleets, and they couldn't get the turnaround time in the same way. And so they created Continental Light, which was, 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 wasn't coherent. And, and, and so this is the other big trap that people fall into. They copy other people's strategies, and then they copy other people's org design. And the big mistake here is the danger of benchmarking. Oh, I'm sure yes. oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> Let's just copy someone else's model. No, you have your own strategy, therefore you need your own org design and you need to develop it from first principles. And just trying to copy someone else's because you see their success is probably not going to work unless you do it from first principles and it's a verbatim copy like Ryanair um, and EasyJet. You know, they have very similar models to Southwest just applied to the European context. So 
you know, there's just, and, and that's what people do. And it's just management laziness. Oh, what's the benchmark? And I, I would, and the things, Shadow, when people ask me for benchmarks, like you give it to them and they say, but it's wrong anyway. It's never right because you're different. And all you do is you end up looking like your competitors anyway, which means you're not going to win. Like BMW just looks like Audi and Audi like BMW. Ford looks like GM and vice versa. And then guess what? Tesla comes along and disrupts the whole game. So you have to think from first principles about what is it you need for, because of your strategy that's really well articulated, that's for you and the niche that you're going for. Um, and, you know, the, the OD professional and the OPNA function needs to be really good at teasing that out. And, and if it's not clearly articulated, being the challenge and say, no, this isn't clear enough, the org design just can't, can't follow from there. So That is so well said. Yes, absolutely. And I think I think that is that leads to what is a takeaway because there are so many important aspects that we just spoke about and thinking about it in the right way. But what is one takeaway that you if you had to articulate what would that be? For me is don't do it unless the case for doing it is overwhelming and in most cases you can probably solve the problem you're trying to solve through the detailed micro design hmm. that is so good I think for me the the takeaway would be that you have to be extremely clear about your design criteria I think that is a big one for me I feel that we have so many of them that we end up doing nothing. And so if we do not have a one, and I love what you said, that if you have three, you're finished. If you have two, you're <laughs> compromised. But if you're one, you have chances of being successful. And so what is that one criteria, design criteria, which is like optimizing for innovation or growth or even cost efficiencies like what is it that you're doing this for and if you don't have that clarity then continue to go back to your leaders and continue to push that forward that we cannot do this unless we have that one thing right so love that that's great thank you and onwards and until next time until next time thanks Shredder. bye